friends. I've got a few quick things spread off the top before we jump in. This episode is going to be talking a lot about infertility. So just if that is something that could potentially be triggering for you, I wanted you to be aware. And also if you're uncomfortable with words like semen and uterus, you will be uncomfortable during this conversation, but I really hope you stick around because it's really good. We're talking to Dr. Jen Hinchy. She's on a mission to bring the first FDA cleared over-the-counter assisted reproduction kit to the market to provide hopes for millions of struggling people trying to get pregnant. She's a wife, mother, innovator, and a passionate advocate for women's health. She has a doctoral degree in bioinformatics, so a field that combines computer science and biology. Fertile aims to bridge the gap between traditional conception and more expensive, invasive fertility treatments offered today only in fertility clinics. She's leading her team of medical, legal, and health tech experts to bring the first and only FDA-cleared over-the-counter assisted reproduction kit to the market in 2023. She is amazing. The other thing I want to mention at the top is this episode is a little bit longer than others because it's so good and I didn't want to cut it down, frankly. So uh, let's jump in. All right, welcome to Sharing the Middle, where recovering perfectionists, overachievers, and anyone in the middle of a struggle come together to learn to embrace the messy middles of life. I'm Lacey, your fellow middler and guide, whose claim to fame this week is getting her Christmas decorations down before spring, even if somebody else had to come help me do it. And by that, I mean my sister Amy came and did it for me. Anyway, we have a, a guest that I'm really excited to talk to. Uh, we have Dr. Jen. Jen, can you say your last name for me? Because I read it Hinchy. in my brain. Hinchy. I know. Hinchy. It's way Hinchy. easier to say than it is to spell. Those six consonants in a row don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you just ignore the middle, H-I-N-C-H-E, literally oh. ignore the middle on, on point, right? <laughs> well, that's a great segue. <laughs> Well, I I usually find that when I talk about the concept of the middle, people have a visceral reaction of, oh, this is what the middle is for them. So when you heard this or or read this or when you were preparing for this, when I say the middle, what is that for you? I don't know why, but I immediately thought of myself at like the valley with mountains all around me. Interesting. And almost like without navigation and I'm hungry and tired (laughs) and I don't know which mountain to climb. I don't want to climb any of them. So like a physical, you are in the middle, but it's not a peaceful middle. It's not like you're in this valley. It's like I'm abandoned in the wild. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't, but you, when you said that, I was like, well, this is what comes to mind. That's awesome. Cause usually people are like, oh, the present, this, this, this. And you're like, no. I am in the middle. No, I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, which is pretty typical for my life. (laughs) I love it. So I, before we jump into your middle moment, I want to talk about this a little bit. So would it be fair to say that for you, the middle is a scary place? It sounds like. Yes, because I'm very type A. I want to know when I'm climbing the next mountain, how high that mountain is, how long it will take me. I want to know. (laughs) I want to know every possible detail along the way. I may or may not have control issues. Um, Preach. (laughs) 
Welcome so to the, club. the middle <laughs> for me is very scary. That's what I thought. And kind of like isolating because I don't like to be there. I like to have plans. I like to have, I like to know, um, Siri is also not happy. She's like, I can't help you. You're in the forest. Um, <laughs> She's like, you're in, you're in this you're, valley. You're in you got to figure it out. I don't know what out. to tell you. So to me, it's a scary place. Yeah. I, I want to know my path, my navigation, my next steps. And sometimes in life you don't. And I hate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I hate it too, which is why I started this journey. Yeah. And uh, as a way to try to figure out how to embrace the middle because it would not leave me alone. Love that. I also love the imagery because I'm sitting in that mm-hmm. with the mountains around you. I can see it. I'm really excited to hear about your middle moment because I think your story in general is really cool. And it's like kick ass women doing it for themselves type stuff. Why don't you tell us about your middle moment that we're going to talk through today? Absolutely. And thank you for the chance to share it. Uh, my middle moment was in 2017. I had been, I got married and went off birth control. And I, I'll share this up front. I have a PhD in biology. Uh, so we had started trying to get pregnant. I literally had gone to college for 30 years on, <laughs> on biology. Um, and my husband and I couldn't get pregnant. And I didn't know what was wrong. Um, but I felt like I was doing enough things that something was wrong. Because otherwise I would have been pregnant. And at 32, I also felt like okay, this month might be my last egg. Like, I don't have time. (laughs) Talk about planning. I had planned for this baby to come out on this day. Oh, man. Motherhood has taught me so much. I want to ask the question. When you say this is my last egg, is it you would be done with this journey or that you felt fear that you didn't have anymore? Yes. Like, physically, it was fear of every, I mean, a lot of fear. Um, I have a lot of fear too around this. So we'll, I'm sure we'll get into yes, that later. I can get into that easily. Um, but for me, I, I was in this phase where I went to my yearly OBGYN and I said, I have been trying to get pregnant and I biology and computer science is my PhD. So data analytics is my jam. I have binary code tattooed on me. It's just my thing. So I present my OBGYN with like a bucket of data. Like literally I brought in a notebook and was like, here is every time I've ovulated, I've had sex. Here is all of my data. Tell me what's wrong with me. And she laughed at me, which, okay, you know, who brings in there? But so laughed I was in a joyful way. <laughs> like, how did no, you feel being no. laughed at? Like, <laughs> oh, I was pissed. I was yeah, like, okay. I don't understand why you're laughing. This is not laughing. Get yeah. me my baby. Like it was... Um, at that point, all consuming, but she laughed as in, this is so normal. You're just going to have to wait until 12 months. And then at 12 months, you can go see a reproductive endocrinologist. I said, no, what, what do you mean? Why do I have to wait this art? What's 12 months? What's the, what's the purpose of this 12 months? It doesn't make any sense. And she's like, it just takes a year sometimes. And I'm like, oh, so someone just randomly picked a number. And then I have to sit around and work on making my marriage a science experiment that almost broke us until these last four eggs drop, because it was eight months at that point. 
mm-hmm. and then go see a reproductive endocrinologist. She's like, yeah. Can I, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to pause here only because yeah. I have a very visceral response in that I, um, so I have PCOS and because mm-hmm. of that, um, my doctor, when I was diagnosed in my mid twenties was like, you're fine for now, but when you turn 30, we're going to have serious conversations about you getting pregnant because it's not going to be easy, all of these different things. And I had a friend who had PCOS and she had actually told me that 12 month rule. So for Mm me, at my 30th birthday, I told my husband like, okay, we're going to try for a year. So we're not going to put the pressure on ourselves, but we're just going to go off birth control so that in a year when we're ready, we can get help. So like that year is so interesting because for me, it was this like goal. And for you, it sounds so, you were like, no, that's too far. And I mean, I am so blessed that I got literally pregnant that month and then was like, oh, it actually happened. Oh, oh. (laughs) I wasn't ready. I thought this was going to happen in a year. Like I know how it works, but I didn't really think it would happen, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting that year number how it can have mm-hmm. such different and profound experiences attached to it. That's what, yeah. It, it's true. And congratulations, by the oh, way. And, um, it's, it really does. It, so I wasn't diagnosed with anything. Mm-hmm. So I thought while we were enjoying our honeymoon, I was probably pregnant by the time we got home. I mean, I spent my whole life trying not to get pregnant. Yeah. So I thought, I mean... And it's got to happen right away. Tongue in cheek. But I was like, oh, if I sit on the toilet seat, I'm like, you know, like, who knows? I do, I do know you what know, you mean. You know, like, yeah. I, I swear, like, in college, I thought if I, you know, looked the wrong way, like, it, it was presented to us as women that you will get pregnant in two seconds, and sometimes you don't. And then it spirals into this whole, what's wrong with me? And why can't I get pregnant and I am I swear to you not even joking that at that eight month appointment I asked my OBGYN do I have a uterus like I was like did someone miss something <laughs> since I was 16 <laughs> I because just I was love questioning that. <laughs> so much about myself <laughs> that I was like look lady if you're gonna laugh at me like can you at least confirm I have the parts let's just like, I'll, <laughs> I'll have a, a level set yeah, I have a uterus. <laughs> Who knows where that blood's been coming up from all this time? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I could have been made. No, you yeah. question, like your whole reality is like comes well, I, down I, to this. Well, and you have what a good way to say it. it's your you have created your reality based off mm-hmm. of this perceived notion and when we think of like sex education and that kind of stuff. And then all the stories of accidental pregnancies, mm-hmm. like boom, you, get, yeah. you can get pregnant in a second. So that absolutely changes your entire reality. It does. And I want to say there's people out there who are like, well, I didn't, I don't like, they feel ashamed that they didn't know how to, for example, track their own cycle. Mm-hmm. And I say to those people, I went through 30 years of college and a PhD in biology and had no idea how to track my cycle. Like no one has taught us this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just the same way with pregnancy. Like when you say yeah. you're six weeks, it doesn't mean that you've been pregnant for six weeks. No. <laughs> and that yeah. blows some people's minds when you mm-hmm. explain how some of these things work. Arbitrary. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was my middle. 
Today's episode of Sharing the Middle is brought to you by me, Lacey, the author of Support from the Middle. Support from the Middle is my newly released workbook that walks you through some self-reflection and self-care exercises with additional resources for recovering perfectionists, overachievers, and those in the middle of a struggle. You'll hear directly from me, like you do on this podcast, throughout the workbook to hopefully give you some extra boosts along your own self-helpy journey. Get support from the middle on Amazon today in either ebook or paperback with the audiobook coming later this year. Thanks for supporting the middle. It's awful. I <laughs> the mountain that I ended up climbing climbing is that I, I went to a reproductive endocrinologist. So quick question, she, did you make it to oh, the yeah. full year or did you say no I'm going now? Uh no, I had to for insurance purposes. They did I could not go see. I could not go see them. Yeah. Now, some people, for anyone listening, if you're over 35, it's six months that you can go. And over okay. 40, it's three months. Also, if you have something like PCOS, you can get a, a referral sooner. You don't have to wait the year. Awesome. But you have to ask for it. So you really have to advocate for yourself if you have a condition that you know could impede your fertility. Mm-hmm. So I waited the year. And then... I mean, I'm talking I day 365. Like, <laughs> like, I hopped, skipped, and jumped into this reproductive endocrinology appointment. I'm like, we drove two hours to see. I had research. Who's the best? Blah, blah, blah. Not many people knew that we were even trying. I didn't really talk about my infertility, and I was going through it. Never imagined I'd be on podcasts telling my <laughs> fertility story. Not one not one time. I went there. They did all of these tests. So they you basically strip down and run naked from room to room while they poke, prod you. My husband had to give a sample. They tested everything. All in the same day, they sat us down and then they said, um, well, we've looked at everything and all your test results are great. And I was like, no, that, that, that doesn't work. The most frustrating thing. I'm going through that day daily right now because I'm going through a health issue. And it's so frustrating to hear, oh, you're normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're fine. And it's, it's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm clearly not fine. Where's my baby? If I was fine, I wouldn't be in your office. And so I was sitting there and I... I got, I got mad. So he continued and I'm kind of sitting there like all the tests can't be normal. And then like my scientist kicked in because this has been a very emotional point up until then, but now I'm mad. And when I'm mad, I turn to science to help me figure out how to get out of the middle. I. It's almost like an <laughs> evil genius superpower, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Can I borrow that? So yeah, we, we sat there and he then proceeded to tell us, okay, this is the plan. We're diagnosing you with unexplained infertility. What other disease has the word unexplained in it? You don't have unexplained cancer. I, so I ended up, um, he said, you have unexplained infertility. And then he said, your insurance cuts off because of your diagnosis. Oh, so. Which is. The opposite of everything else. You get coverage because of a diagnosis. Because of a diagnosis. Right. So then I'm sitting there and I'm really getting pissed because it clicked in my brain that they were doing all these tests just to get to the end of the test so they could give me this diagnosis. And then the kicker came when he pushed like a neatly put together loan application for $10,000 to do IUI, which is intrauterine insemination, and that would be the first three months of treatment. I, I, this is not a video podcast. You and I are talking and looking at each other. My mouth is literally dropped open. I, I, 
to do this in the office, I oh, I viscerally. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, share because it's real. I it, just I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. I just I feel it in my soul. I like the feeling of being like, here's what's wrong with you, and because and it's nothing. We we you know it's nothing, and because of it, you lose any support. But here, give us a lot of money. And maybe you'll get a baby. And here's the thing. What what problem are they fixing? They have no idea what's wrong with me. Why are you giving me a solution? Why am I willing to like take a quarter of my income, pay for something when you have no sweet clue what is wrong with me? You just told me everything's fine. So my husband, who... I feel like probably all of us perfectionists have like a, I don't know you, my husband is very, um, <laughs> we balance each other. Oh yeah. yeah. That's me and my husband. <laughs> yeah. We, we balance each other. So he is looking at me excited because we have a path forward and I am sitting there like, Mm-mm-mm. nope, nope. This doesn't fly with me. Like this does not pass common sense. So on the drive home, he he looked at me and he was like, well, you should be excited. We have a path forward. I go, why? Why are we going? And I'm not against IUI. I'm not against IVF. I'm not. Actually, I work now with reproductive endocrinologists who are some of the most caring and dedicated doctors in the world. This doctor just wasn't, didn't suit me well. So IUI, I needed to figure out why IUI was recommended because why would they recommend something without a problem? Um, and that's when I really, I dug into the scientific research. I, all emotions were shut off. I just went down the Google Scholar rabbit hole and was trying to figure out what research there was out there on why IUI is recommended. I just need to be able to justify it. Like if we're going to do this, that's not a small amount of money. And when I was doing it, I found out about intracervical insemination, which is about an inch lower than interuterine insemination. Interuterine insemination, they wash the sperm and you have to go under and it's a whole procedure. Intracervical insemination, it's just the sperm fresh. It doesn't go into your cervix and you can do it at home. And I thought, why the hell was this not offered to me? And then I got more, I don't know, upset or empowered when I found out that they actually had the same live birth rate. Wow. So then I was like, why, why was this not, why was this not offered? So I started looking around and I, you know, the LGBTQ community has been doing ICI. They know about it more than I did, at least as a heterosexual. And so the LGBTQ community were, were experts in this. And I started going online and trying to figure out how are these people doing this and what, what were they using? And I taught microbiology for 11 years and they were, this is of no fault of their own. They were just using whatever they could find. There's also studies that link your reproductive microbiome with unexplained infertility. And so if you are using non-sterile devices up there, you could actually hurt your chances. And I looked on the market, there is absolutely nothing that was sterile and there was nothing that was made for this that was sterile and not taking advantage of women. Nothing that had been tested, like people were using maybe a sterile syringe, but the plastics aren't sperm friendly. So they're degrading the sperm. Uh. So my husband that I just mentioned, the calming presence is a, he's a mechanical engineer. And I was like, you know what? I need you to help me make this. And he's like, we could just go to the doctor. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) We could just spend this $10,000 or Um, this 
other. No, no, no. Now it's out of spite. Like now yeah. I'm like, no, no, not going to do it. Um, and they, it's kind of like a hold my beer moment. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm in the scientific laboratory. I have access to like supplies and stuff. I need you to help me put it together to make this. A lot of awkward marriage conversations later. Absolutely. The first month he was like, what, what are you, why are we doing this? I'm like, it's okay. Uh, didn't work the first month. Uh, the second month, so I was then at 16 months of infertility. Uh, the second month, my daughter was conceived, and she is now four, and I try to not cry every time I talk about it. Uh, oh, I could cry right now. So, yeah. Uh, she she is four. She is just the best gift in the whole wide world, and we... In- like, now to say it, it's weird, but we invented a medical device that conceived our daughter. We went on to have a, a surprise in my son. <laughs> and then, you know, COVID hit. So we have, my, my kids are 380 days apart. I said that fertile works so good that it worked twice. <laughs> <laughs> so my son showed up and then COVID hit and I was in corporate America and I was, had two babies on my lap during all of COVID trying to yeah. work full time. My husband was working full time. I was so burned out and I just really wanted to do something that would like set my heart on fire, you know, like something that would just bring me passion. And I told my husband, I'm like, what do you think about seeing if we called them lowest makers at the time? (laughs) I started, (laughs) I, I had started telling people about my infertility. Yeah. After, not during, after. And then I would tell them, okay, you go to, these are the the supplies you need. And I'm like, telling, and I'm like, you can't use this, this, this. You have, and I'm like, let me just make a kit for you. And so then I was making kits for people that I knew that were going through infertility. And I told my husband, I'm like, the more people I tell that we went through infertility, the more people are like, oh my God, me too. Yeah. Like people I had no idea that I was close friends with. In 2021, I put together enough money to make 200 proof of concept kits. Mm-hmm. And I just put them up on a website and I wanted to see if, if what we did could help others. They sold out in 90 days and we have 28 other fertile moms in the world. That's awesome. Uh, it's kind of insane. Yeah. And so I knew I was onto something. Obviously, it's like the coolest feeling in the world when, yeah, I, it's it's kind of indescribable. We knew we were onto something. It was costing me like I wasn't making money off the fertile kids. So I was like, okay, I think we're onto something, but if I'm going to like, you know, invest in this, I need some help. And so I also wanted to make sure I'm going to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. So I met with the FDA, which is crazy to even say, because I didn't (laughs) think that would be part of my life. And because we're sterile, which we now I'm excited to say as of like less than a month ago, we have um, a patent for being sterile, intracervical insemination. I met with them and they said, because we're not, you know, going to be risking anyone. Anyway, if we follow all the testing and we pass all the testing, we can be the first over-the-counter fertility option. Uh, So people can just, you know, walk into their local pharmacy and be able to buy the fertile kit to try before they go through IUI or or take out those loans. Or not having to wait a year. Not having to wait a year. That's exactly like it was, I invented this for the middle, like for that middle time, because what I would have done at that eight months to not feel like I was wasting four eggs, in my opinion, when maybe there was only four left. 
we did crowdfunding last year. We raised $635,000 to pay for FDA clearance, which cost $600,000. So oh. we we have like enough that I was literally like people were donating, you know, investing yeah. and I was paying for the next test. And so we're about halfway through FDA clearance testing, hoping to be on the market maybe, you know, later this year. And I'm That's glad that so I didn't know what mountain I was going to climb. But yeah, that is my... <laughs> But man, yeah. what a what a climb. Like I just that is so fucking cool. Like there's just no <laughs> I I I don't curse a lot, but that is a reason to curse. Like it's just oh, I so do cool. curse a lot. I'm holding back for you. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, you can say what you want. It's just one of those things where it's just when it's good for emphasis and Yes. No, it is. Yeah. Well, so technically we're at our kind of the end of our time. Oh, I'm sorry. So I No, I <laughs> I, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, this one can be a little longer. It's fine. Yeah, I have uh, more time. <laughs> so I do like to kind of end with a piece of advice or a takeaway, you know, something a little concrete for people. So what advice would you give yourself while you're looking at all those mountains? What would you give yourself when you're uh, down that Google Scholar rabbit hole? What would you say? Advocate for yourself and ask questions. I think we all, maybe not, but at least I felt this way. Doctors have all the answers. So we listen to what they, and not that they don't have answers, they do. Uh, but doctors that are good doctors want you to ask questions. Don't feel like an idiot. Ask the questions anyway. Like if you don't know how to track your ovulation, I'll share with you that in a minute. But like asking those questions, I think so, so many of us feel like, I don't want to sound like an idiot. I don't want, you know, I don't want to, or maybe I don't need to advocate. Like maybe this is totally normal, or maybe I do have to undergo IUI. Just ask questions and advocate, like make sure you understand. Don't necessarily take everything at, at face value because those doctors that are really good, they want to teach you. That's the thing. They, they want to tell you how it usually works and explain how it happens. Like that's part of what makes them a good doctor. And if yours isn't doing that, then find one that does. Don't just take the status quo. Awesome. Well, where can people find you? How can they support you? I know as soon as I heard your story, I was like, what can I do? So just... (laughs) Um, this is so cool yeah thank you yeah there is um fertile.com so it's it's p-h-e-r-d-a-l it is you know i was diagnosed with infertility and it was like a scarlet letter so i became fertile with my phd so that is why i spell fertile i although it kind of takes a minute for people to like uh so well it also sounds yeah. medical devicey that's what i thought i was like Ooh, yeah, it does yeah to me oh, it does cool. <laughs> uh i never made a medical device before so that's good uh, <laughs> before this um yeah but fertile.com we actually you can sign up to get our first kits when we're on the market once we get our fda clearance hopefully And then you can also, we, um, part of our patent was the way that I basically took 16 months of infertility and I had to teach myself how to track my ovulation. Mm -hmm. And that is part of our patent. So I have um, an ebook there that you can get that you can be able to at least start tracking your ovulation so that you can use, (laughs) you can also bring a book of data to your OB and... You're welcome, OBs. Yeah. Uh, 
And then, um, but we also, like, I have free ovulation journals, so people can go on there and, like, just download the free ovulation journals to be able to track their cycle um, if they don't want to do, you know, necessarily our method. And we are going to be having users that we need to do testing. And so follow us on social media. We're going to be announcing um, kind of the cool part of FDA clearance is you you need user testing. So I want to give it to people who need it. So Absolutely. we're going to be asking for users uh, to come on and test, and and um, it'll be people that are you know in our on our back in stock requests. We have twelve hundred back in stock requests already. So wow. I'm just so excited to to be able to provide this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Like I said, I just think you're a badass, and I think it's so <laughs> cool that you saw a problem and was like, wait, I am uniquely qualified between <laughs> me and my husband to fix this. And then, oh yeah, let's just help a bunch of people to do the same thing. So, um, thank you. That's because I, I think you're right. Infertility and just getting pregnant in general, pregnancy, a lot of that is, is so middle. It's this yeah. unknown and, and all of these different things. And so, um, yeah, just so cool. And thank you. Thank you, Lacey. I'm so yeah. excited to be here. I love what you're doing. Um, spoke so much to me, you know, <laughs> as as a recovering perfectionist. But yeah, my children are teaching me very well, though. That I can't they do a good job of that, don't they? They I, do. Uh, yeah, they do. I now have a, a three, almost four-year-old, and then a one-and-a-half-year-old. She'll be two in uh, uh, April. April's her birthday, but it's just, it's, it's amazing how much you learn to let go. Yes. Like, <laughs> like Anna teaches me on the 30,000th time I've watched Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. And, uh, but it, it does help you, you know, stay yeah. present and pick your battles. So awesome. As usual, thank you for sharing The Middle with me today. Remember to check out my writings at themiddle.com. That's the M-D-D-L.com. While you're there, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter to get a little bit more middle in your inbox each week. I am a one-woman show, so any bit of support means the world to me. I want The Middle to be as accessible as possible, so I have several ways for you to support. You can shop The Middle with some merch or my books. The Lacey Loves affiliate links and recommended products, Patreon for additional community and content, and I also just have a tip jar if you'd like to leave a tip. If you like today's show, also make sure to subscribe at your favorite podcatcher, share with a friend, and maybe even leave a five-star review. Thanks so much to Lemon Music Studio for our theme music. It is literally called Sunshine, and that is certainly how it feels to me. Can't wait to see you in the middle again. Thanks for sharing the middle with me. As always, I hope you've been able to see a little bit of yourself and the story we shared today. Don't forget to follow, share, rate, review, and follow me on social media at Lacey Shares. You can always check out the Joyful Support Movement at joyfulsupportmovement.com and see all of the amazing goodness we have there, like No Shame in the Home Game, Pops of Joy, courses, resources, and of course, the Joyful Support Village. All right. Now go out there and spread some joy.